uh, we took a little relaxation time in Verona. It was a very striking town. You know what? I think that would be a good setting for like a book or a play. Yeah, absolutely. But there wasn't as much like to do as I thought there would be. I mean, we, we spent like eight days there. So that was quite a, wait a second. $10,000 can buy you some great trips. 15 days on the slopes in Colorado. 10 days with the family at Disney. One week snorkeling in the Bahamas. But what if you want to go around the world on 10K for six months? I'm Kirsten. And I'm Cameron Coates. And together we're on the ultimate long-term budget trip. This is Coats to Coast. It's episode 19 of Coats to Coast. Kirsten, where in the world are we? We are in London. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We're in you London. You they can hear us now when you do stuff like that. It, you know, it's just like the bratty child teasing its parents. You guys can get over it. You birthed us. We're in London, England, guys. New country. Yeah. Four. No, it's more than that. Well, okay, One, I didn't count two, the U.S. Three, four, five, six. Oh yeah, because you got to count the Vatican too. So country number six, but we're talking about our last little bit in Italy because we left yesterday, arrived in the U.K., went through a hellacious customs line at London Stansted. I don't know. London gets a new airport. I think every time I go back. Are you are you going to mention it? Because I'm going to mention it. Why London? Y'all need to get over yourself because the process for getting into your country is ridiculous with COVID and everything. And then y'all have the audacity to not wear masks ever. Get (laughs) over yourself. It was really, I had to fill out an aggressive amount of paperwork for us to get into the country. And we had to pay. And I had to let him. A decent amount of money to do like COVID testing. We had to wait. Quite a pretty penny. To COVID test before we got into the country. And then we got here. And on the first two bride, it was like, oh, masks are optional. So 75% of people aren't wearing them. I think y'all... I'd say some more than that. Time to look inside yourselves, maybe, for the problem Mm -hmm. there. But we Mm -hmm. could go into that uh, a lot more. We want to focus on Verona and Venice for this episode. (laughs) I'm back here. We're in Italy. Yeah, uh, (laughs) because we had a fantastic last, really just kind of two weeks. Yeah, Uh, It was more relaxed because we knew this next part's going to kind of be a sprint, especially here in London. We've got a lot to cover for next week's podcast (laughs) and about three days so uh we took a little relaxation time in verona yeah spent some time cooking we did a lot of cooking at home which was great because we got to take advantage of the wonderful ingredients they have at the grocery store that are just the norm and we can't get in the u.s and that was really fun so but we did see you know we walked a lot of the city it was a very striking town you know what i think that would be a good setting for like a book or a play yeah, absolutely. But there wasn't as much like to do as I thought there would be. I mean, we, we spent like eight days there. So that was quite a... Wait a second. <laughs> okay, Cameron. Okay. Oh, man. I hope the listeners... I hope the mics okay. caught the whizzing sound as that went <laughs> clean over your head. Beautiful. Beautiful moment there. Okay, thanks for the support. It's right. you, We're recording this earlier than usual, guys. And I have not even finished a cup of tea. No, you're doing great. You're doing great so far. Uh-huh. Okay, well, let's talk about what we were most looking forward to. I'll start. So I was most looking forward to the walking tour in Venice. So going to skip ahead. Well, yeah. No, jump the line. Jump the line. I'm going to jump the line. We took this like, ghost tour, walking tour in Venice through Airbnb. It was incredible. It was so freaking good. Shout out to our tour guide, Alex. He's a Briton living in Venice. Because of love. Because of love. 
And he did an amazing job. I felt like it was like, it was like a lot of history, but definitely like tons of spooky, creepy, and horrific, very graphic stories mixed in there too. So it was just, it was like a really interesting, engaging tour, small tour size. He limits them to like eight people or less. Ours was six. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. They just did an incredible job and it totally lived up to his expectations. Perhaps the best walking tour I've ever been on. He clearly cared about the subject matter a lot in the history of Venice. And that makes a ludicrous difference. Like you may be able to think that even if they're like a good actor or whatever, and they just know the material. No, like if they care, that's going to make all the difference. And he knew some crazy stuff. Like for example, he told us about like this story of like a grisly murder. And there was like a dude that used to sit and like carve stuff into the wall. And then he showed us the carvings on the wall. And it's just kind of like, I mean, I figured you were telling the truth, but geez. Yeah, it was an incredible tour. If you're, we'll have to like find a way to link him because if you're in Venice, you guys need to take this tour. It was only $26. That's pretty cheap for a walking tour. Well worth it. It was like, yeah, two hours and some change. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. And it wasn't just like two hours, but you walk an hour and 20 minutes of it. It was like a shorter like walking area because he was busy telling you stories. Yeah. And it didn't feel like he created a shorter walking area and then talked about places that were like further away. Like it was all places that were relevant to the stories he was talking about. He just did a really great job planning out the tour. I could go on. Just take his walking tour if you're in Venice. What were you looking forward to, Cameron? I use kind of a cop-out answer, but not a cop-out answer because Bond Mania has fully hit. We're going to go see No Time to Die tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, which I'm looking forward to. It'll be yesterday by the time the episode comes out. Yeah. I'll have seen it by the time the episode comes out because it comes out earlier in the UK. They get it a week before the US. So I'm super excited for that. There's so much Bond stuff. Uh, I mean, in Venice... Like they filmed parts of Moonraker oh, there. Yeah. They filmed mm-hmm. parts of Casino Royale there. Yeah, uh, and so we, we got did to start we got to go around early. and yeah, and see some of those spots. Uh, so yeah, that I thought that was a lot of fun. It's just so kind of more far. like point and just be like, hey, that's the clock James Bond threw that terrible <laughs> ninja through. Yeah. So back to back to Verona and uh, kind of talking about what we did there. There's a few attractions they really <laughs> like to. Um, <clears throat> Pretend that Romeo and Juliet was a real thing that happened and not a total fiction. Yeah, so if you're at all not living under a rock, you know, you know, Romeo and Juliet in fair Verona, where we lay our scene. Verona is an actual city. Um, Romeo and Juliet, however, was not an actual thing. Um, well, I guess was if you talk to anybody in Verona, because they really ham it up. They have like Juliet's house, <laughs> um, which is not Juliet's house. It's just a house owned by a family whose last name is like was like Capello. Which is and they're like, sort that's... Of- that's kind of similar to Capula. We'll we'll just say it was Juliet's house. And people come to see Juliet's balcony, which they didn't build until the twentieth century. Maybe the nineteenth century. Was it the nineteenth? I thought it was. I thought it was in the last hundred years, but maybe. No, no, maybe it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah seriously, it, but it's like I mean, I guess it's cool. You can go into a little courtyard there. Um, while we were there, they're actually filming something for Netflix. So yeah. keep an eye out for that. And there's like a museum that you can tour. There's a statue of Juliet um, where you can rub her breast for it's like really creepy. good luck and fertility. She's and a so 13 it's like, year old. Yeah, that was creepy to me. And it's like gold because so many people have done it. They've actually taken the original statue and put it in the museum and got like a, another one. But I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like creepy. Her. Yeah, 13 years old. Mm, also, there's Juliet's. Weird 
quote unquote grave where people can pay five dollars to look at basically an empty stone coffin. It this is it this whole thing is ridiculous. It really is like if New York City paid like you're like, oh, five dollars to see Tony Stark's grave. It's yeah. just pop culture nonsense, which I am a fan of, but at the same time, like, come on, you're gonna charge, you know, people five bucks a head to see a fake grave. I think it's I, I think it's fun, but I also just think it's like I don't know. It's fun in a silly way. Yeah. There's also, of course, you know, you have Juliet's house. There's also Romeo's house. I'm not sure. <laughs> the Juliet's house is like a full blown museum and like attraction. Romeo's house has like a plaque, and I think now it's like a car park, and there's just like a restaurant basically inside of it. Yeah. Well, maybe a 13 year old shouldn't have been with a 17 year. Okay, I'm not even gonna go on, guys. Mm, not not gonna go hey. there. Don't you blame. want my views on Shakespeare plays? Ask me later. I will. I have there's plenty a lot. of them. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, but you know, we we saw those highlights. One thing I really, really did enjoy though is the Roman theater um, and the archaeology museum. Um, so this is a super awesome attraction. It's like four fifty euros uh so i don't know like six dollars or something entry um and that gets you entry into both of them so this is a like a legit roman theater um and they actually still do performances they were like setting up for like a concert question mark while we were there um but it's really cool it's very um it's fairly intact the like audience portion of it mm -hmm. so as the stone seating yeah it used to have a lot more to it that's in various states of ruins but it is really cool to get to see and you get to walk all over it basically and then they also have a museum that has different artifacts that have been dug up in verona and surrounding areas and they kind of go into it a lot of like statues and stuff like that but also like glass and pottery um so it's very fascinating and it was I really enjoyed that. That was probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite parts um, of Verona. And it wasn't crowded at all when we went there. So plenty of social distancing and everything. It was really great. Also, check out the Roman arena that's in the center of town. Oh, yeah. They're setting that up for a concert. This is a huge arena just right in the middle of town. Older than the Colosseum, actually. Yeah. That and the Colosseum are the largest surviving arenas in Italy. Yeah. It's very, very intact. And you can take tours of that as well. Um, so really cool to see that. And you can see a lot of like old, um, like arcs and like the old city walls and things like that, um, are still intact in Verona. So just like, I don't know, some good monuments to check out. And then, uh, to get a bird's eye view of the city, you can take the funicular. So we've run, run across these in a few Italian cities. They are just cable cars that take you up the side of a hill. <laughs> and this one was really cool because it was like, a tiny one didn't even have a driver like you're the driver it's more like yeah an elevator you hit the button and then it just goes yeah yeah but it's also feeling like i don't know i was just like am i qualified to drive a cable car it's the button can you press but, a button uh, so yeah so yeah i am and then you go up to like this it's an old castle basically yeah it's an old castle and it's got several viewpoints where you can see the city and also see like some of the more outskirts where it has wineries and more agricultural things so it's really beautiful definitely worth checking out but also some pretty good restaurants in Verona. I wasn't sure how the restaurant scene would be. I mean, I figured there would be some good joints. You know, I was really there, honestly, in northern Italy for two main reasons. <laughs> Polenta, which is a specialty yeah. of the region, and horse meat. Yeah. I want to try horse meat. I hope my aunt's not listening. Adam, if you're listening, don't let Aunt Laura know. 
<laughs> don't hate me. Because I, it's just one of the specialties of the region. And, you know, there's a few animals that, you know, I'm not advocating for, like, the death of. But it's just like in the States, there's sort of, like, more taboo to eat. Or we don't eat them for certain reasons. And it's like, why? A horse is one of those. I know they do that a lot in Italy. Uh, we got it at two different places. First place, we tried it at uh, Scala in Austria. And they, we had, it was like shredded horse meat yeah. for the appetizer. With like arugula and cheese. And yeah. it was really good. It was pretty good. It's sweeter. I tried the app and then Cameron got more horse stuff. I just couldn't, I just couldn't. It was just weird. Well, I didn't get it that meal. I got pasta right. with donkey in it. Yeah, I also couldn't do that. Uh, and that was yeah. that was pretty good. I mean, that was more like just ground beef. Yeah, really. I got this these ridiculous raviolis stuffed with pumpkin, and they were insanely good. Another place I did get horse again though. Yeah, uh, Trattoria Trotta de Luciano. I got it was horse stew and polenta. Very good once again. It was it wasn't like the appetizer at all because it was in more of a stew form, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it was almost kind of like a beef bourguignon. Yeah, is this the place I got the lasagna at? Yes. Oh, this I I was like not really feeling lasagna, but I really wasn't feeling much on their menu, so I got it. Cause I was like, yeah, I figured I should have that in Italy. It was insanely good, guys. The lasagna in Italy is totally different. They don't like go ham on a ton of cheeses that aren't very good quality. They just like use the cheese sparingly, but you have like fresh like pasta and it is ridiculously good. Yeah. So plenty of options for those that don't want to munch on secretary. It was just weird. I don't know. It's just weird. Oh, wait a second. I have to, because we have a new sponsor, David Hormel. My oh, boy, yeah. David, <laughs> sent us a little, little cash. And so for that, I'm including a joke that David has written. Oh, for the episode. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the sea biscuit diet. I see biscuit. I eat him. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> I thought it was good. All righty. I thought it was good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you, David. Another, before we move on from the food stuff, another thing that uh, Verona is known for, at least Northern Italy, is the bagoli, which is a type of pasta. It's like spaghetti, but thicker. And I think I like it better. There's some dummy thick spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron had it at the restaurant we went to first, um, Asturia Dogana Vecchia. And uh, he had it, it was like with apples. Yeah, it was very fall-esque. I can't place what the sauce was because it almost seemed kind of gourd-y. Yeah. It was, but it had the little chopped up apple bits in it. And yeah. It was delicious. It tasted like fall. Yeah. they. I really like in Italy, they're very particular about seasonal menus because they just use what's fresh. It's not like America where you can get anything year round. They just use what is in actual, like what is in season. Um, but it's really good. We ate at some wonderful places a few times we did eat out. Um, and also it was super cheap, especially compared to like some of the places we'd gone. Um so that was Florence was a lot cheaper than a lot of the places, but Morona was even cheaper. Um, so that was really great to kind of get a break from the budget there as well. Yeah. Uh, and then also there is a bar that I'll mention. We went to. Oh, yeah. A little celebration. We had a little celebratory yeah. moment come up on the on the. Can trip. we mention that? Cameron got nominated for an award. Well, he got he's a finalist for a Mercury Award. Well, the Radio Mercury Award. Which is awesome, guys. Yeah. That's, that's so freaking awesome. For advertising. Yeah, so, for yeah. this like amazing commercial he wrote. We'll know like the week after we get back whether I won or not of the virtual ceremony. But yeah, I'm super stoked about that. That was a, a huge honor. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. So to we s- had to celebrate. Yeah. So we hopped out to a bar I found. It was Archivio. Yeah. And it's just a very small hole in the wall joint. Really neat. Good like decorations. The bartenders obviously know what they're doing and care about what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, and they have a lot of specialty drinks they've developed in-house that were very good. Well, you had one. I guess, we, I don't know, we can't yeah. speak for all of them, but you had, I don't know, what was it? like? It was like mango juice yeah. and I don't even, like gin and something else. I don't it's even very remember. Very fruity and tropical. It had a really fun name. It was so amazing. I couldn't taste the alcohol at all, which for me is perfect. <laughs> uh, I swear, I was like, I don't know if this even has alcohol in it, but it's really good. But yeah. yeah, Cameron says it did. So it did, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that was that was fun. So Archivio, if you're looking for a gin joint, also reasonable. That my cocktail was like seven euro. Yeah, just, some of them were less than that. So well priced. Yeah, but we did eat in a lot and saved money that way. Yeah, got groceries. We went to Aldi and Conan. Yeah, which are uh, Aldi is you know we have those in the states. Yeah, but not like this. Yeah. I would not like this. This Aldi's was the best stocked Aldi's. It was like a legit grocery store. It had like everything you could possibly need, multiple options, but they were way cheaper. Like I would say at least thirty percent cheaper than the other grocery stores in the area. Italy just has higher quality ingredients, so I mean we could make pastas with very few ingredients and it still be super pl- flavorful. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's upsetting because I know I'm not going to get that. In the States. <laughs> but we made a lot of pasta. The most important thing to remember when you're making pasta that we've learned in Italy, we've learned over here is that the pasta water is stupid important. Yeah. Don't ever drain your pasta water out ever again and don't like rinse it off with cold water. You want yeah. that pasta oh. water because it makes the sauce stick to the noodles. No joke. Yeah. Starchy goodness that helps with the flavor. So don't throw out the pasta water. If you only get one thing out of this whole podcast, don't throw just, out the pasta You just water. transfer your pasta directly from the pot to your sauce. So it still yeah. has some water clinging to it. And then if you need to like loosen up the sauce some more, you can add a little bit more pasta and reduce it down or pasta water. Um, so yeah, that is liquid gold. Yeah. I'm also going to miss how cheap pancetta and oh my gosh. prosciutto. You can get like two servings of pancetta for like a euro 19. Maybe a little bit more. That was at Aldi, so maybe like a euro forty. Like, what the heck, guys? Yeah, it's like five dollars in the U.S. Minimum. Actually, not even like that's for like one serving. Ugh, it's just ridiculous. And the prosciutto and the cheese and the everything is stupid cheap, and I hate it. We're gonna miss your groceries, it. Italy. When we moved on to Venice, though, after a bit, I mean, we just chilled in Verona a lot. Yeah. We used that as a kind of a time to reset and just relax. A which wicked was nice. storm in Verona. So we just kind of spent that day like chilling and working on podcast stuff. And it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we went to Venice. Venice was not chill time. <sighs> we were only in Venice for, so we were like four days, but like two full days. Mm-hmm. So we really went hard to like see the most. And Venice is just one of those cities that I've always wanted to see, you know, before it disappears. Um, <clears throat> anyway, Venice was amazing. Yeah. A lot of walking in Venice though. I, yeah. I did not anticipate as much walking. This is what you got to do to get around yeah. because the, there's no streets. Right. There's no streets. So there's no like buses or like cars or anything like that. I really wasn't thinking about it. So Venice, if you're not really, if you haven't really thought about it before, which I hadn't, it's just like a collection of little islands. 
There's no public transportation. You can take a water taxi through the city, but it's stupid expensive. Mm-hmm. You can do like ferries to like other surrounding islands if you want to do that. And it's still pretty expensive, but not terrible. Water bus is what they call them, basically. It's like seven euros for like a 90 minute period yeah. per person, which is a lot for public transport. Yeah, the water taxis are don't even bother with them if you're going on a budget trip or you know unless you're like Bradley Cooper or something yeah. like that. And the gondolas are all expensive because they're metered basically. Like the city puts a flat rate of like eighty dollars daytime or eighty euros daytime. Yeah, a hundred euros dusk or nighttime. So that's like at least over a hundred dollars. Um, we did not do a gondola. Right, no. was not in the budget on this trip. Yeah. Um, next time around, somebody wants to sponsor a gondola ride by all means. Um. I will say another reason it just takes so dang long and you're walking so much is because getting around Venice is, it's just a headache. Your GPS is not going to be able to find you. There's too many alleys and tiny streets and they don't make any sense. So if you're trying to go from point A to point B, you're not going to be able to walk in a straight line and get there in like five minutes. You're going to have to like turn about 30 times and you'll get there in 30 minutes. Yeah. Just be prepared for that. Comfy, comfy, comfy shoes. Luckily, the weather was pretty good, so that wasn't too much of a factor, but we did walk a ton. Totally wore my feet out. And also, oddly enough, there's like very, very, very few benches and places to sit in Venice. So you can't really stop and take a break. It's because sitting's free and their economy revolves around tourism. Yeah. I was shocked. There's only like 57,000 residents of Venice. The rest is tourism. It's Yeah, it's mostly tourism. Which is staggering. That's considerably less than Bowling Green, Kentucky, where we came from, like yeah. resident-wise. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just weird. I mean, well, we took the really cool walking tour with Alex. Though, when you were looking for Airbnb, like uh, through the Airbnb like tour section, you found what I thought was the funniest concept for a tour because it's just dumb. It was walk in Venice with an ex-gondolier. Oh, right, It's like you want to trust the boatman to take you on a walking tour, but not just the boatman, the boatman that's an ex-boatman. What did he do? I know. How do you become an ex-gondolier? I know, yeah. It wasn't like retired gondolier. He got thrown out. Maybe he was the one that gave James Bond the hovercraft gondola. But there's also a lot to do in Venice shopping-wise. Yeah, but you got to kind of know what to look for. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool like artsy shops. But there's a lot of, I don't know, like crappy imitation stuff that's just been made and mass-produced in a factory. So you really got to be careful about what you're getting there. Because people are coming for glass and masks. Right. So I did get a mask. That's one thing that I've always wanted to do in Venice. So I wanted to get a mask. Um, they're everywhere. Here's a couple of tips to kind of help you find the legit one. The original masks are paper mache. So you'll see a ton of plastic masks from China. You don't want those. You want to find like professional working, like an artisan, and they make the paper mache mask and they'll have different things like lace and beads on it or they'll paint on it and things like that. But a good rule of thumb is look on the internet, research good mask shops. I'll put out a list of the ones we found. We found several um, walking around. We'll probably end up with six or seven. They're not terribly hard to find, which is good. They're not. And you can kind of tell what is legit. If you see a mask for less than 13 euros, it's not actually a handmade mask. You're not, you don't want to buy that. I would say that you can get a pretty simple one that is handmade for, and it's a legit mask for about 20 euro, 
if you shop around. Mine was a little more expensive. I just got like the ones that it goes over the eye, but it is like a bigger one. And it was kind of like it had like a, a marble texture and it was like 35 euro. But and if you want a full face mask, that's going to be 60 or more. If you want a mask that has like the hand painting on it, that's going to be a lot more. So just make sure you're getting an artisan and not just somebody pawning off something from China. That's just my opinion. I mean, if you go to a place you're getting a souvenir, you try to support local business people, but it is a really cool place for souvenirs, maybe the best in Italy that we found. Yeah, checked out a lot of restaurants, and there are a lot trying to lure you in because it's very touristy, so it pays to do your research, even if it's just standing outside the restaurant and doing a little quick Google map search, looking at some reviews. I did find a good review that because Google automatically translate the reviews, and just because of the difference in language, the English was a restaurant with a capital T <laughs> okay. because it's Trattoria and oh. that translates back to restaurant. Huh. So I just thought that was really funny. Uh, you can get some cheap lunches that were cheaper. Venice is very expensive. So yeah. do your research so you don't end up paying an arm and a leg for a meal. Yeah, we had to do cheap lunches because uh, pretty much any sit-down dinner was going to be 30 euro a person. One thing to note, there's a lot of places, just little like cafeterias or bakeries that'll have like little sandwiches that are like two euro. We went to one place and got like two of those little sandwiches because they're pretty small. Um, so we got two each, so four euros each. And it was totally filling in a wonderful lunch um, and more casual, you know, I sit down while you eat and then you leave. Um, but it was really great. So you can definitely get some cheaper lunches to balance things out. We went to a place near us the first night. There was a very over-attentive waiter that made me very nervous. Uh, we were like the only people at the restaurant for the first part because we got there right when they opened because we yeah. were hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the waiter was just basically like standing outside just looking at our table because he had nothing else to look at. And I'm like, this is creepy. Next night we went to Hosteria Bacanera, oh, which was place. very good. This was just like a last minute find. And it's the only restaurant in the courtyard and it's like so it's very romantic, like dimly lit and just beautiful. And if you go there, get a reservation because we showed up right as they opened and we did not have a reservation and they squeezed us in, but everybody else that came up after us without a reservation was turned away. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, if you don't have a reservation in Venice, uh, you should probably show up very early. Yeah. Right as the restaurant's opening. We got though, uh, for our appetizer, it was a raw sea bass caught right out there, I guess in the lagoon. So shouldn't that be a lagoon bass? <laughs> that was really good. They served that it was with really good. Kind of a very bitter green and an onion puree. It was very good. It was very inventive, very good. Everything paired together very well. Uh, and then I got, it's a kind of a specialty of Venice. It's the linguine with the black ink sauce. They'll use either squid ink or cuttlefish ink. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be a black sauce and it's more rich and it's kind of thicker. Uh, this one was with fresh mozzarella and it was divine. I got a spaghetti dish that was equally divine. Yeah. Then we went to La Lanterna de Gas. And I got another Venetian specialty, a veal liver. Venice just has a lot of dishes imported kind of from other places because it's a trade city historically. And so it ended up with veal liver with caramelized onions and fried polenta. Yeah. And that was also delicious. That was really good. I, I tried some of his. But I got a fish stew, which was really good. I've really been craving soup with like the fall changes, but it was really good. It had like octopus and shrimp and like just like typical fish. It was just very, very tasty. We also had some mussels and clams for an appetizer. Yeah, um, normal size mussels and clams. Yeah, we learned on the tour with Alex that 
giant muscles or clams. They're illegal to sell these to people, so they'll try and yeah. unload them on tourists because they're like, ooh, have you ever seen a muscle this big before? Is it as big as your head or whatever? Yeah, well, it's because they're getting them from an island that dumps. It's just a factory on this island, and they dump lots of pollution into the lagoon. And it makes the clams and mussels yeah. grow huge. So it's like illegal to fish around this island because it's shown like if you eat the fish over a period of time, like You'll you will get, get cancer. cancer. Yeah, like, you will absolutely. It's a definite thing. Yeah. Yeah. So don't buy giant clams if you see that you know i don't know and you should report them but definitely don't buy it so that's venice and verona that took us here to england we're in london right now what are we looking forward to most this week shoot i did not think about this (laughs) it's part of the show every week i know you would think i would think about this tell you what i'll go first and then i'll think about it i'm gonna split this one because this is kind of a split week like i said three days in london that are gonna be just go 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 uh, and then we're off to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just going to choose for this since it's going to be just a London right. episode yeah, yeah, next yeah. time. James Bond weekend. Yeah. Because No Time to Die is going to be out in the States mm-hmm. a little a little later. But we get to see it tomorrow. Uh, there's so much Bond stuff across yeah. the city. I'm a huge, huge fan of the series. I can't wait to tour it and see it all. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Okay, I've got mine. It's actually kind of a two-parter, sorry. Um, I'm looking forward to all the wonderful tea I'm going to have here because Italy wasn't really a tea place. Um, We're going to have afternoon tea, obviously. I'm super excited for that. I'll let you know how it goes. Looking forward to that. I was kind of hoping you would mention this, but I'm going to throw this in here because I'm just excited about it. What did I forget? Tonight, we're going to go see Stanley Tucci. I don't know why I wasn't even thinking about that, guys. I mean, I'm very excited about the Bond stuff. And I mean, that's my wheelhouse, but I deeply love Stanley Tucci. A lot of his traveling influenced our time in Italy through his his Searching for Italy show. But we're going to go see him do a book talk tonight for his, his memoir his new memoir yeah. taste that's coming out and we and get it we get yeah we're gonna be like fun. third row this was like my birthday present to kirsten he's so, so good at gifts guys this is amazing so this is stanley tucci if you don't know who he is look him up and you'll be like oh you'll yeah know him. yeah you'll him. be like oh yeah yeah Devil he's incredible. Prada, hunger games all sorts of things just so. seems so genuine and such a nice dude yeah just, or you've seen him on instagram making negronis yeah so yeah we're looking forward to that too so lots to look forward to what was your meal of the week kirsten gosh darn it i really I'm prepared for this episode, guys. Oh no, it was the pumpkin. It was the pumpkin ravioli. That, that was, was really so good. good. That, was, that was, was so good. Stupid good. Stupid good. And it was also just like different than what we had been eating before. So that's meal of the week for me for sure. All right. I'm gonna go with scale in Austria because it was just an opportunity for me to try something new with the horse and oh, the right. donkey. Yeah. Never had either before. That was really good too, guys. Got to check two new meats off the list there. Mm-hmm. Get a little extra. So that's the same as mine. Was it? Yeah. I thought that. Where you got the donkey? I got the pumpkin. Yeah. All right. There you go. That's a winner. All right. Undeniable. We'll have to tag them. They did an amazing job. They killed it. So that's meal of the week. Cost of the week, Kirsten. Um, we did better this week, but it's still a lot of money, guys, uh, because Venice. Um, but we balanced out a lot of that with Verona. So total came out to $518.65. Nice. I know. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> it's way more on target than previous weeks. However, it does bump us up to over 9000 Over 9000 <laughs> So $9,043.88 is our grand total. So we are very, very close to that 10000 mark. Um, All right. Very so, intense. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, of course, if you want to follow along and check out a lot of places we've seen, the dishes we've had, you can check us out on socials. Check it out, uh, Coast to Coast Pod 
Insta, Twitter, TikTok, check Facebook. Out our, yeah, check out our website too. Yeah. Cameron's been posting some blogs on there, so I be just sure to check that out. Renovated the homepage entirely because yep. I found out the interface that <laughs> it came along with was awful, and I switched back to the normal WordPress one. I was like, oh, this is so much easier. So yeah, yep. the site looks great now. Uh, but check it out, coasttocoast.com. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. You can hear our podcast on Spotify, Google, just any platform you get your podcasts. Yeah. And you just got to remember, wherever you travel, take coats. <laughs>